Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a sermon from Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. Messages can also be downloaded at GrenadaChurch.com. Now, on to the sermon. Okay, Psalm 91. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers, and under His wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. God, I thank you again for this time together. And as we get ready to break the bread of life, Lord, I need the help of the Holy Spirit the one who makes teaching and preaching possible, and not only to anoint the pulpit, but to anoint the congregation, Lord, to hear your word and let it take root in their heart, Lord, to give them food in this journey called life. And we'll be careful to give you honor and praise, and we say amen. Amen. In 1892, the great preacher D.L. Moody had set sail from Great Britain to the United States. He was headed back home, and about three days into the Atlantic Ocean, the ship come to a halt because of mechanical problems. I don't know if you've ever been out on the water when a boat breaks down, but uh, something, you know, where waves are coming out, you have no control over the boat. You start taking on water very quick, and they were taking on water. And needless to say, the crew and the 700 passengers were desperate. They did not know the ship was going to sink, and there was no rescue ships in the area. It was a different time. But no one could sleep because there was so much fear on that boat. Even D.L. Moody recalled that he had great fear that they were all about to lose their lives. And after a few days of this, D.L. Moody called for a church service. And to his surprise, almost everyone showed up. There was Christians, there were Jews, there was Muslim. And he said that just about everyone showed up. And when they showed up and he opened his Bible, one of the first things he read was from Psalm 91. He read, He that dwelleth in the secret place in the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Moody would write later on after this ordeal was over, It was the darkest hour of my life, but relief came in prayer. It enabled me to save from the depth of my soul, Thy will be done, Lord. And he said, that night, after many days, I went to bed and I fell asleep. And, well, God answered his prayers, as we know, because D.L. Moody was one of the great pastors of the United States, and God saved that ship. At 3 a.m. in the morning, his son woke him up and said, Dad, there is a, a steamer, the Lake Huron is here and is towing us in. And Psalm 91 brought new meaning to Brother Moody that day. He discovered, as we must all discover, the safest place in the world that we can be is in the shadow of the Almighty and under his wings. Look at verse 4 again. It says, He shall cover thee with his feathers, under his wings shall thou trust. He, His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Now, should we take that literally that God has wings? I don't think so. Uh, that's just an opinion. I guess we'll know when we get to heaven, but I don't think God has wings. Uh, it's, it's a symbolic language. 
And most theologians, again, think God does not have wings. But this verse carries the idea much like Jesus when he was talking to to Israel in his time. And he said, I would have gathered you up and, and tucked you under my wings. It it gives the symbol of of a mother of taking care of her little ones. But let's dig a little bit deeper into this meaning. And not only are we talking about wings, but we're talking about the secret place of the Most High. Don't get tripped up with this word secret. It doesn't mean you can't understand it. It just means to the world there was a secret place that God dwells in. Now, where would that be? Well, you got to understand this was Old Testament, Psalm 91, and of course they were writing to the Jews. And if you look at this, the Old Testament Jew knew there was only one secret place they could go, and that was in the temple of the Holy of Holies. So as you come into the, the temple of God in that time when it was still standing, as you would walk in, there would be the table of showbread, there would be the lamps, and then there would be a giant veil there. And behind that veil rested the Holy of Holies, what we would know as the Ark of the Covenant. And on that Ark of the Covenant, there was a, a lid. Now, you got to keep in mind, nobody was allowed in here except the high priest, and that was only one time a year. But on that lid, there was two cherubims. Think of them as angels. And they had their wings spread out over the Ark. And in between those wings on the lid of the Ark, that is called the mercy seat. And in that mercy seat was God's Shekinah glory you may remember even when they come out of Egypt, they would have the pillar of smoke by day. They would have the pillar of fire by night. That was the presence of God, and it came down to that point, that mercy seat there. That, my friends, is the secret dwelling place of the Most High. Now, what does that have to do with us? We don't have a temple anymore. I'm glad you asked it because I'm fixing to do my best to explain to you what I mean by that. When Jesus Christ was crucified, that day that he died upon the cross for our sins, he was our substitute upon Calvary. That day, uh, that veil was torn from the top to the bottom is what the Word of God tells us. Very symbolic, letting us know that we could now enter into that presence of God without an earthly high priest because now we have a heavenly priest, Jesus Christ, a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, that when we place our faith in his finished work at Calvary, amen? See, a lot of the churches, I'm sorry, but they have this wrong. Well, you just trust Jesus. That's mainly what we hear. You've got to go beyond that. You have to have faith in what Christ has accomplished at Calvary. Then, then you enter into that secret place to the Most High. Then the glory of God is within your life. Now, um, I think when you see that now that when we place our faith in what Christ has accomplished, that we're living in the shadow of the Almighty. My friends, there is no way, absolutely no way you can have a relationship with God outside of Calvary. It's just not possible. You can cry the name of Jesus. You can feel bad about your sins. You can do a whole bunch of religious activities and you can give to the crippled children's home up here, which that's good. I, we've got a lot of things in this world we can do good activities and inherently there's nothing wrong with that. 
But my friends, to enter into that secret place, to have a relationship with God, to experience that Shekinah glory of the Lord, you have to do it God's way. And God's way is through Calvary. It's the only way. And when your faith is in that, you're living in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know about you, but boy, that gets me fired up to know that I can dwell in that place where I'm covered by the wings of God. Amen. I am in His protection. I am in His glory. Lord, have mercy. Help me this morning, God. The world tells you you need to live in a fancy house. Oh, get the best you can out of the world and all the trinkets. We're uh, working a fancy office, attend some club, and then you'll have the good things of the world. My friends, I've been on, I, I feel like Paul. I've been up here and I've been down there. I, when I dealt drugs and I was out in the world, I had a hundred, roll a hundred dollar bills that would choke a horse. I've been at the bottom where I didn't have two pennies to rub together. Uh, the lady that is on her way to meet Jesus, Hattie Ray, and she was one of the Christians God used in my life when I had nothing and even my own parents wouldn't help me. And my in-laws thought I was worthless. She was the one lady used by God that opened up the door and said, you know, welcome in. So I've been at the top. I've been at the bottom. But I know this. All the things the world has to offer just pales in comparison to the things God has in store for you. I really did not begin to live life until the age of 35 years old. The Word of God says the safest and most blessed place we can be at is in the presence of God. And I hope I can take a few minutes this morning to show you that. I would rather be overshadowed by the Almighty God than protected by a Navy SEAL team. You could have all the armies of the world surrounding you protect. You could have bodyguards. But nothing compares to being protected by the Almighty. You see, in Psalm 91, you'll discover that God makes some marvelous promises to you today. To those who are under His wings, those in His presence, He promises divine protection. That doesn't mean you won't experience accidents or sickness, because I know that we all do. We all have our times, if you're like me and you do stupid things and like step off a ladder and break both wrists. That's not God's fault. Not, I'm not going to blame the devil. I'm going to blame Pharaoh Wilson because I took a wrong step on the ladder and ended up with 22 screws and two steel plates. That was my fault. But we sometimes in life, these things just happen. We, maybe we're in a car accident. Maybe we lose that loved one at an early age and Life comes at us and don't feel alone because every single person in this world goes through something. God did not promise to protect you from trials, but he said he would protect you in those trials. While you're going through those things, God will be there in the midst of it. Uh, missionary Frederick Nolan was fleeing from enemies in northern Africa. I've heard this story many times and what a, what a wonderful testimony it is. He's being pursued uh, by Muslim villagers and they were trying to kill him. And he was running out of places to hide. Finally, he was just absolutely bone tired and could not go any further. And he dove into a cave. He could uh, hear them off in the distance. He said, well, this is it. I I'm just, they're going to find me and this will be the end of my life. And he was praying and he began to notice at the entrance of this little small cave, a, a spider started weaving a web. And within just a short time, not long at all, the spider had completely covered the entrance to the cave. 
his attackers had caught up with him and they, they come to this cave and they looked at first they thought maybe to go in there and they, they seen the spider's web and they said, well, surely he couldn't have went in there because the web wouldn't be there. So they continued on. See, we got in our mind, God's going to come with a whole host of angels and rescue us. And sometimes God just uses that little spider to protect us. Amen. He said this and that. He said, where God is, a spider web is like a wall. Where God is not, a wall is like a spider web. We claim God's promise that even bad times in life, they are working for our good and not against us. So many times we think the worst events in our life were meant to harm us when God said, no, just be patient. Just be patient and you'll see that it was working for your good. Uh, years ago, when my wife's grandfather passed away, Hattie Ray's husband, nobody could see how any good could come of that. Here was a man that was been in prison most of his life for the things he had done wrong. And when he got out, he turned his life over to the Lord. Everything was heading right. And for one day, whatever God saw fit, the back of his heart blew out and he died. It was, it was not prolonged. It was almost instant when he died. And the whole family's upset, rightly so. Everybody would be in there thinking, why? We finally got him home. He finally gets his life right. And then wham, the Lord takes him home. It just seems so unfair. But then out of his funeral comes along a preacher named Farrell Wilson. Because of his death, I turned to the Lord. Because of his wife and her faith, it kept me on this journey. When I said I was called to the Lord to be a minister, not many people were encouraging me. And rightly so. I don't blame anything on them. My wife, I'll never forget when I told her, I said, baby, I believe the Lord called me into ministry. She said this, if I wanted to marry a minister, I would have married one. And she turned around and walked out. And that's all she said for the better part of 24 hours. I said, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. And she come back later and she said, you know, if you're serious about this and you think God's called you, I'll back you the whole way. And her grandmother come along aside and helped me. Just looking back at all that, though, a very bad circumstance. There's something that almost tore a family completely apart. God worked it out for good. And here's the way I look at it. God, well, I'll tell you what happened. God even sent me to the prison he was at. God sent me to the very prison where Sonny King served time. I'll never forget that one night I gave his testimony of what had happened in my life and with Son Life and all that. There were over 200 inmates in there that night. And when I gave the altar call and gave him that testimony of his life, that whole altar filled up. And I'll never forget one young man. He come up, he had 666 tattooed on his forehead right here. He had upside-down crosses. It was very evident he was some type of gang member and had a hard life. And I'll never forget when he dropped his knees and started crying like a baby and accepted Christ as his Savior. Amen. So what I'm telling you, nobody could have foreseen all that back then when Sonny died. It was just a bad situation. But look what come of it. And you have the same story. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. 
every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. You had the same stories of things you've had in your life, but it takes a little while. You got to step back and look at it and say, boy, look what God has done. And this is where faith comes in. And you know that God is working all things for your good. Here's something I, I preach and I, some preachers do and not many, but I think we forgot about them. God protects us with his angels. In fact, the Bible says he shall give Angels charge over thee in all ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, I know the world, the world doesn't look at that. The modern scientific world looks at that and laughs. When I was saved, I was still struggling. Now, God took the meth and the hard drugs from me immediately. That happened at the altar. But I still struggled. I was going to church every Sunday. I was I, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. I was there. When God saved me, I, I never missed church. I was always there, but I, I couldn't quit drinking. I couldn't quit smoking. I was the one that stood out in front of the church smoking cigarettes right there at the front door, blowing smoke in people's face when they walked in. I didn't know. I, I found out later. I wonder why they were so mad at me. I started to become ashamed of the things I was doing. And I was Hawkeye, Mississippi. And I went in there to get me a beer. I waited outside, made sure there was no church folk there. And I went in and got me a beer. And I was, too, you know, when you're doing something wrong, you're trying to hurry, you know, and get out of there. I wasn't drinking to get drunk. I just had a bad habit. And I was crying about it. I did not want to do this. And I hear I found myself with a beer and I was coming up to get the cigarettes. And there was a, a, a black lady from me. I'll never forget this. And you're talking about angels entertaining. This lady, she was turning around. She was talking to everybody in there. And I'm thinking to myself, lady, would you please shut up and hurry up? I got to get out of here. And she just kept on and on. And well, on the back of her T-shirt, she had 95.7 FM, Charleston, Mississippi, Sun Life Radio. And I, I didn't forget it. The SON stood out to me. And she turned around me. She had some of the most burning and piercing eyes I've ever seen in my life. And she looked dead at me and said, you have a nice day, you hear? It was no accident. I said, yes, ma'am. And I went out to my truck. and I got my beer top open. I lit my cigarette. And I remembered the call letters, 95.7 FM. And the moment that I turned it on, I mean the moment, there was Donnie Swagger saying, you may be bound by alcohol today. You may be bound by nicotine today. But the answer you're looking for is in the cross. There was so much to that testimony. And I, I, I accepted the message of the cross. I remember when I chunked the cigarettes and the alcohol down, they've never touched my lips again by the grace of God. Temptation has been there, but the grace of God has kept me. But we had Donnie Swaggart here. And when I invited him here, and I told that story a little bit more in depth, before the church service got started, he started crying. And he started crying. He got up to the lectern and he said, 
I had been doing and at that time, not now, but at that time, he said, we have never, ever printed a T-shirt with Sun Life Radio on it, much less Charleston, Mississippi in that 95.7 FM. And this is his exact words. He said, I can't help but feel he was entertained by nature. It was no accident. And the Bible tells you some of you have entertained angels and you don't even know it. They walk among us sometimes. I believe angels are real. I don't think we need, I know we don't need to worship them because in the Bible it, it, they told John, stand up. I'm not the Savior. So I know we're not to worship them, but they are here among us. They roam around. They protect you. They do things for you. Now, Jesus taught these angels watched over God's children. But the angels don't run out ahead of us picking up the stones out of our way. That's not what that verse meant, lest you dash your foot against a stone. That's not what it means. Sometimes you need those stones in your journey. Why? Because when you trip sometimes, when you stumble, you figure out you can use those stones in your way as stepping blocks in life. Amen? They teach you things you couldn't learn anywhere else. I know we don't want to hear that. I know the modern world says, well, I don't want to have to learn things the hard way. But my friends, as I look back in my journey now, God has built my faith through difficult times. God has strengthened me through those times that I didn't want to go through. And all I can say is now, God, thank you for every time. Thank you for the good times. Thank you for the bad. But thank him most for Calvary. Because if it wasn't for that precious blood that flowed down Golgotha's hill that day, None of us could sit here today and worship a holy God. We could not enter into his presence. Now, Billy Graham, I know, and I think the world of Billy Graham. I, I thought he was one of the greatest ministers that God had ever had here on this earth. Billy Graham said this, one of the most comforting truths in the Bible as I travel around the world is to know that God has stationed guards to protect, guide, and lead me through life's dangerous way. I cannot see these beings with my physical eyes, but I sense they are present every day. That's what Billy Graham said. No doubt when we get to heaven, you're going to see all the many times that God has protected you. This is not an attempt for careless judgment or to tempt God. That's not the idea. Well, I'll go out here and do what I want, and, and God will protect me even if I do something stupid. Because you remember when Jesus, Satan, had carried him to the top of the pinnacle and said, go ahead and fall down. And God will send angels lest you dash your foot against the stone. And he knew, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. And the devil was twisting the word. This is not an excuse to go be stupid. This is not an excuse to say God's going to protect me for every single thing that I do. No, God gave you wisdom. All things being normal. I know some people may have learning difficulties, but all things being normal with a person and you can make sound judgment. The Christian is empowered by the Holy Spirit to make the right judgments along the way of this life. A believer, now this may sound kind of weird at first, but a believer is immortal when they're in the will of God. What do you mean? If you're in the will of God and God has you on a mission, you're immortal in the sense that if you're in God's will, He will protect you until the mission is done. Where do you get that out of the Bible? We can just go straight to Paul. Paul, he had been left for dead, stone dead. He had escaped so he escaped a, a ship that was sinking. 
Uh, it's so many times Paul had been put to the test in facing death, and yet he escaped every single time until God said, you're done here. And when he was done, God allowed these people to take his life through a Roman court system. My friends, you are immortal as long as you're in the will of God. There will come a day when God says your time is finished here on earth. But if you're in the will of God and you're serving him, you are immortal. And I say that because I know God will protect you. Abiding in Christ is the safest place during the storms of life. I don't see how people can make it without him. I really don't. I don't do not know how a person can go through this life without Jesus. I've watched your families here this week and past week go through a lot of pain and suffering and death. I know the Parkers, they lost their mother and then they lost their uh, aunt right after that. And that's a lot for one person to take in at one time. And then the other things going on in your life and trucks breaking down and just so many things going on. And I watched their faith, though, as they leaned upon Christ. But we do not run in the secret place to hide from the world. I don't want to get you to thinking that, well, we go and we hide with God and we don't ever go out to this heathen world out here. That's not the case. You go in the secret hiding place, the presence of God, to get recharged, to get your batteries full. Come on now. To get that spirit of God that, that is inside of you, to rekindle that fire you once had when you you was young, but boy, you know, when you first got saved, you'd charge hell with a water pistol. Amen? But as we get older, oh, it's raining outside. I'm not going to church today. The secret hiding place of God is to, to re-energize you, to, to fill you once again, and to go back out into the world. We have a mission in these last days. Everybody has a mission nowadays. Uh, we got communists that are trying to tear our country apart. We got a Congress up here that I don't care both sides of the table. You can say what you want, but Republicans, Democrats, all of them, they got their own agendas. And I think most of it is headed towards that we're already there, a godless nation. But the church has a mission too. The church has the mission to seek out those that are lost got children that have never heard about jesus christ what are we doing to reach them look don't think that children can't understand the message of the cross you know giving them a little mamby pamby nightclub scene where they just make them feel bad about something get in there and preach jesus christ and him crucified to them amen don't tell me these kids cannot be reached with that glorious message that has been around for 2,000 years. We don't need to change it. We don't need to do nothing but to preach Christ and Him crucified because it's what will protect you. It's what will fill you in these last days. It's what will keep you on that path. God sent His angels down here to watch over you while you preach this. Go while there's still time. The day's coming where there's going to be no light and no man can work. Work while there's light. One last thing. God promised protection, Psalm 91. He also promised a satisfying life. Not only does the secret place in the most high offer safety, it also offers the most satisfying life possible. What do you mean by a satisfying life? Then Look at Psalm 91 at the end of verse 11 and 12, I believe. If you read those, it says, With long life, I will satisfy him and show him 
my salvation. I believe that's verse 11. With long life will I satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. That doesn't mean every Christian is going to be a hundred years old. Now, I will say this. Some of the oldest people that I see on this earth, some of the ones that make it 80, 90, 100 years, they're Christians. They have that in common. But as you follow the Lord, He promises a long and satisfying life. But it doesn't necessarily equate into a hundred years of life. Some of the best Christians have lived lives 30 and 40 years old. Uh, I, I remember one time we was out looking at a cemetery over by where we live, and it's not uncommon back in the early uh, 1900s, late 1800s, you go through the cemetery, many of Christians that were serving during the time of yellow fever and trying to help people would die somewhere around the age of 30 years old. You'll see doctors and, and ministers that had passed away at around the age of 30, and they'll say on their died of yellow fever. You can live 80 years and just exist and never have a life. I'm thinking of somebody in my family, nowhere around here right now, who's lived to be over 60, and they have ignored God. They've ignored their family. And you know what? They're just existing. My dad gave me some wisdom one time I'll never forget. But there will come a day of awakening one day in your life that you'll look back. And you will wish you would have done things different. One of the loneliest things that can happen to a person is to die alone without Jesus Christ. There's no hope. There's nothing out there. You could live to be 90, 100 years old and not know Christ. You will die a lonely, lonely person. On the other hand, if you yield to Christ, you can pour into 40 years, three or four lifetimes. We've heard many over the years, there have been many great testimonies of people that have poured uh, into their life in just a short time frame, many lifetimes of great work. My own life didn't begin till I was 35. I wasted 35 years of my life. And here I am, uh, 55 years old. I hope I got these dates right. I'm getting older. But uh, I, my life did not begin until I was saved. I can see that now. There's deep satisfaction that only come to those that live under the wings of the Almighty in that place of surrender and fellowship. When you surrender to Jesus and yield your life to Him, you find satisfaction in a life that is worth living and dying for. Not the shallow masquerades of the world, but the deep things of God. A joy that only comes from knowing Jesus. So we close in prayer. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. 
join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message.